0: Welcome to Not-So-Standard Deviations. This is episode 22, and I'm Roger Peng from the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health, and I'm here with Hillary Parker of Stitch Fix. Uh, Hi, Roger. How y- hey, how are you doing?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: Do you know what the significance of this week is?
1: Uh, is it our one-year anniversary? It
0: is. Yes, it is. Uh, this, I think it's this Friday is our one-year anniversary.
1: Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I, I recently did that mental math and was shocked <laughs> It just the time has flown this has been so much fun i
0: know I, we can't believe we've made it this long
1: i know i it's <laughs> we're one of the of surviving the, like, podcasts one of, the, of all the random projects you know that i started a year ago i'm sure, like, <laughs> the only one that survived <laughs> <laughs> it is true though it feels like an accomplishment i'm proud it, of us
0: yeah and i still feel like you know that we got plenty of steam, you know?
1: Totally. I yeah. totally agree. So.
0: so congratulations to us. <laughs> and uh, thanks to all the people who are, have stuck with us for, for an entire year.
1: Yes. Yeah. No, thank you. And also, uh, thanks for the support, um, you know, on, on Patreon and the book. Uh, really appreciate it. Yeah. And also, the last month stickers are going out today, just an FYI. <laughs> oh, awesome. Okay. <laughs>
0: Um, all right. So I guess so today we're going to talk about uh, data science cities uh, and then a little reproducible research and then kind of this idea of professionalizing data science.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, uh, so one of the things that I kind of thought of the, just kind of uh, thought of the other day was whether there are certain cities that are maybe better to live in if you're going to be doing data science. So kind of analogous, like, you know, if you want to be a screenwriter for movies, you probably should live in Los Angeles. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you want to work in finance, or maybe you know, then maybe New York City is a better place to live, or something. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if this has come out, if something similar has come out for data science, like other some cities that are you know better than others. And you've lived in at least two cities, as far as I know. Right? <laughs> yeah, right.
1: well, three if you count Baltimore.
0: That's true. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, and uh, and but you've kind of been professionally employed, I guess, in two, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm wondering, I don't know if you had any thoughts on. So the first being New York, and the second being San Francisco. And I wonder if you had any thoughts on just kind of whether, you know, one city or another, is, whether the strengths and weaknesses in terms of being a data scientist in either city, mm-hmm. um, or the, whether there's any difference at all. You know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely a big part of my move to San Francisco was wanting to be in. You know the hub of data science as uh-huh. it exists now <laughs> and that's definitely the sheer volume of people who are data scientists here is, is kind of astounding like the fact that my department has 80 people yeah <laughs> is, like, <laughs> it continually astounds people for example um, yeah, and then you have you know facebook google just like kind of like the behemoths um and or like linkedin even you know always mm-hmm. forget how big that company is yeah um And so, you know, in New York, so, like, coming from New York, like, New York was a great place as well for data science. And I learned a ton there and made a ton of connections. And there's a ton of smart people there, too. I don't think you would see departments quite as large there. Like, the largest departments there are probably, like, the Facebook New York office and the Google New York office. (laughs) (laughs) Or, like, I think Spotify has a New York office, too. So it's kind of, like, these, like, secondary hubs. Although I think there's more of a movement to do that um it's funny i have a lot of friends on twitter <laughs> twitter friends who are doing data science in kind of like random cities you know places across the country yeah and so and i'm sure a lot of our listeners too you know it's like they i would my assumption that i have no empirical evidence for <laughs> is that those are people who are kind of going it alone uh at like a company or you know maybe a small department right with the exception of, like, actuaries, you know, there's just so many, like, more traditional stat jobs that are probably feeling more data science-y every yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, like, I, you know, I think if you're in a smaller city, you can make it work. You probably need to rely a lot more on your network outside of work in order to do, like, skill acquisition, you know, learning, yeah. learning, you know, fancy R. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you know, especially especially some of the other technologies. I guess the other—I'm kind of rambling now—but the other thing is that it's just really hard to do this job if you don't have a really strong data engineering slash data platform type team. Uh huh. And so that's—you know—those are really rare. Uh, like that—that that people who do that job and have been doing that job for a while are rare. And so it's like advantageous to go to a company that has people doing that. <laughs> unless you want to be like the database engineer right Um, (laughs) and so then it's like the like those people cluster in san francisco also so it's just it's kind of this weird uh yeah like clustering
0: well i think that's kind of what it's about and there's like an intangible factor where it's just like you know if you just have certain people concentrated in a certain area then you kind of run into them more often and uh, Mm -hmm. and you get you get introduced to kind of kind of new ideas from different people as you run into different people all the time and Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to quantify, I think, but there's something to it, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's definitely, like, I've learned a lot just from casual conversations with people I knew at various, you know, in data science roles at other companies where I would mention a problem. They would mention a solution. Like, I would go look it up and figure out that it was something we should be using. Right. Um, that, that, that specific like workflow I attribute to like one of my best statistical successes at Etsy <laughs> it was like figuring out like a certain for our AB testing platform that there was like a certain, there was like a certain problem with the assumption in the data that was really common for other places too. And like a pretty easy solution to it. So it's huh. like, Oh, that's nice. Um, so yeah, but I, it's funny though, because that happened when I was living in New York, not San Francisco, but the data scientist who helped me sean taylor he's in san francisco so it's like it, right the, geogra- the geography as long as you're willing to travel and like yeah. network with people and like go visit then you'll end up um you'll end up like cross-pollinating ideas but right. it, it but, probably is easier in the same place <laughs>
0: yeah i mean i think that's true in many professions you know there's if there's like a central hub like you know like los angeles for screenwriters or something you know, it's. You could, of course you could do that somewhere else, but you gotta be willing to really travel a lot and you know, mm-hmm. meet with people, and, and it's just a lot more overhead if you live somewhere else, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. But then it's kind of good overhead too because it gets you out there. And, like, I would say a lot of this happened because I have this, like, Twitter presence and ask questions on there and just, like, enjoy talking to people on there. Yeah. And, that, and that's and that been, like, beneficial for other reasons too. like you know i think with like some of the bigger tech companies you just have this it's like the borg where you feel like people just get absorbed into it and <laughs> like their ideas never escape again and so, i mean it, like i think that's what they want right right yeah, yeah they don't want <laughs> yeah. all their
0: ideas flowing out into the world
1: exactly so it's it's yeah it's a, it's just kind of like career choices i guess mm-hmm. Yeah, I
0: remember uh, I interviewed for a job at uh, Los Al- Los Alamos National Laboratory. Oh wow! Uh, which is in you know it's in Los Alamos, New Mexico, and and they were saying how like you know everyone there you know works in the lab basically,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: uh, so you'll be like in line at the whatever the local Starbucks, and like everyone in line has a PhD in physics, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but I can imagine that's kind of fun. I mean, like how where, how many places can you live where that would be true, right? Totally.
1: Um, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's like a... I mean, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, it's it, it pluses and, and minus. minuses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. And it's definitely, there is like this feeling, you know, San Francisco is just so expensive. And so there's this kind of like feeling of like, uh like you kind of like can never get comfortable here yeah. like I was walking the other day I was walking with a friend and we just kind of wandering around Pacific Heights and saw this like beautiful street and all these beautiful houses But I looked it up online and it's called billionaires row Oh my God. <laughs> like all the houses were over 20 million oh dollars <laughs> it was just like oh right is like <laughs> this is i mean it's cool i like enjoy seeing that i don't like aspire to that but sure yeah it's uh it yeah it's it's i don't know there's like the i mean there's a lot of minuses to taking everyone who's like doing this and putting them in one place like it creates like kind of weird competition for resources yeah, yeah 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 so
0: it's a billionaires row adjacent to 1% avenue <laughs> <laughs> Um, basically yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well anyway I just I don't know it's something that just kind of popped into my head the other day I was just wondering because I've only I've, you know I've been living here for like like 14 years almost so it's I haven't really had yeah
1: but Baltimore has that going on too like everyone's part of Hopkins or like the government
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and it's but you know I think I think if the you know the academic version of San Francisco might be like Boston you know Mm-hmm. Um, th- th- in terms of like the sheer number of universities they have there and colleges, and mm-hmm. um, and um, and just kind of the general awareness of academia there. Mm-hmm. Um, Baltimore, you know, it's it, yeah, of course Hopkins is big, but it's either Hopkins or you know there's Maryland and there's a few other places, so it's not like it's a super academic kind of center. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, so anyway, it's just, but uh, I just think I was just, I think it seems like. Um, I, I always kind of imagine New York would be kind of a good data science place, but I still, I guess, it doesn't kind of compare to the in terms of the density, in terms of, like compared to San Francisco.
1: Yeah, I'd say the density is less, but it's definitely a good place. You know, I think it, like, it, it's a, it's a, it's a good, solid data science community there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's been yeah. my impression. Yeah. Yeah. All
0: right. All right. Well, so the the next thing we wanted to talk about was so I just gave this. I think actually, you and I a couple episodes ago. I don't remember which one now. Uh, we recorded when I was at, in Seattle. Right. Um, I was back in July, and um, I was in Seattle because I was doing a workshop on reproducible research uh, at the University of Washington, which I've done now for two years in a row. Um, and it's like a four-day oh no sorry it's a three-day workshop, and uh, I do it with Keith Baggerly from uh, MD Anderson Cancer Center, and um, and we it's a kind of a mix of just kind of uh, basic you know, kind of concepts and kind of horror stories, and then some tools too. Uh, so like, you know, so, you know, Keith basically tells the horror stories <laughs> and then, and we both kind of talk about the tools that are useful to kind of prevent you from being a character in one of those horror stories.
1: Right. Right. So um, is it, so the, uh, like, does he go beyond the Duke scandal kind of?
0: Yeah, he, he does. He has a couple, he has, I mean, sadly he has, you know, a variety of examples. Um. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, and uh, and we talk about things like Knitter. We talk about – so it's it's still R base, so we talk about Knitter. We talk about uh, kind of Git, GitHub, that kind of stuff, and mm-hmm. um, a couple of other tools. And, um, I don't know, so I just kind of – after this one, after this session, which is the second time I've done it, I kind of walked away with a couple of kind of questions and thoughts and thought it would be good to kind of discuss them with you. Mm.
1: I think you um, mentioned – like, we could postmortem it. Yeah. Well, I, it's, a little, it's, a hard, it's a strong word. Yeah, I yeah. I was, gonna, uh, I was actually going to say, I was going to mention that post-mortem you kind of only do if it was, like, something failed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say it's a failure. But I think it's one of these things where I think my original idea, like, going into the workshop, you know, I, I, I've been asked to do kind of reproducible research type workshops a variety of times. And I always kind of go into it with the same attitude uh, in terms of, like, what I'm going to teach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I felt like this time I kind of walked away thinking maybe it's not the right idea. So um, hmm. and, I, and part of it was because um, so we teach tools. Right. And, mm-hmm. and the idea is that a lot of the people taking the class are are graduate students. Uh, they're mostly graduate students, some faculty, things like that. Um, and they're going to be working on their research or whatever, at, at, you know, at the, mostly from the University of Washington. And um, mm-hmm. um, but I felt like there was a, one of the big gaps that we didn't talk about was kind of um, either uh, managing or being a member of a team,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? And, um, and I felt like, um, you know, all, a lot of the examples that Keith gives in terms of like, either like the Duke scandal or a lot of these other kind of data analytic um, kind of nightmares Uh, often involved, you know, multiple people, right? It wasn't like there was the lone data analyst, you know, publishing their own paper, Mm -hmm. (laughs) doing their own research, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And and also, just from my personal experience, I feel like um, a lot of problems kind of arise from kind of a failure in team dynamics. Mm -hmm. And... uh, and I wonder to what extent it, it kind of doesn't matter what tools you're using. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, in terms of, like, what are the magnitudes of the different effects? You know, I don't. how big is the the effect from, you know, poor team dynamics and how big is the effect to, to, of, like, you know, using the wrong tool uh, and how big is the effect from, you know, something else?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
0: And uh, I don't know if, if you have any thoughts on this, but I thought one of the things that, like, I feel like, in the future, if I were going to do a seminar or a a workshop like this, I feel like one of the things that would be important to teach is kind of like what the role of the leader, the role of the manager, and then how people should interact on a data science kind of team really. Right. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. No, I think, well, it's funny because I've been struggling with this a little recently that the word reproducibility is kind of becoming this catch all for like good process. Um, Yeah. 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 And that's, I think I actually want to start to, differentiate these things, you know, and and say, like, you should use, you should be reproducible, and you should also do issue tracking for, like, collaboration, or, I mean, my first thought, the reason I brought up issue tracking is just that my solution to part of that problem would definitely be, like, oh, you have to kind of follow this software engineering, like, software development flow, like, Git flow, for example, um, or just have some sort of, like, version control process in place (laughs) Uh (laughs) where you're like tracking issues and like but like i totally agree like ironing that out ahead of time seems critical in terms of a really common point of failure yeah that makes sense yeah yeah
0: yeah i think so yeah yeah um it's yeah Yeah. it's funny oh well i
1: was gonna say it's hard though i mean i think what a challenge of that workshop is that i think it's like people will, you'll teach a tool, and they'll decide they don't like that tool, and then they'll throw out the like broader concept with the tool. You see what I mean?
0: Yeah. And, well, I think it's hard for people to separate those mm-hmm. two things, right? I mean, in, in fact, I mean, they may not even be aware that there's like a concept and a tool, as opposed to just all just being one thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think so. I mean, one of the I, like, I mean, for for example, in the in a lot of these. In the Duke, you know, scandal, you know, there was a whole thing about using Microsoft Excel for data, either data analysis or data collection. I can't remember which. Mm And, um, and, uh, and what, and, but when I, whenever I look at these problems, I say, well, you know, what's the root cause of this, you know, uh, kind of disaster? It seems, to me, it seems a little silly to be like, oh, because they were using Microsoft Excel. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, that was a component of it, right? (laughs) Maybe if they weren't using it, uh, they wouldn't have made this particular mistake. Uh, but there were so many other things going on, and uh, and um, and I've actually, and I, I feel like I've worked on teams or been a part of teams where, and this is common, I think, in academia, where the PI, for example, is the head of the lab or whatever, is probably not the one who's like you know sitting at the computer doing the data analysis, uh, mm-hmm. but but and because often they don't know how, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, they're not super engaged in the process,
1: yeah, and yeah. so.
0: And I've seen a lot of the kind of analyses kind of break down because, you know, the, the the PI, the leader is not engaged and kind of just expects it to just happen. Right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's like this. I, I've been using this word a lot more like the opinionated versus unopinionated, unopinionated. And I feel like um, academics are uber un, like, like they believe that you should not be opinionated. Like people should just be able to work. Like, they should just figure it out on their own and like I'm not yeah. gonna I'm not gonna tell you how to do your job type of thing. Um, and that's like the value of grad school is going and learning that thing. <laughs> well
0: well yeah, I mean, there's this notion of like everyone's an independent contractor right? <laughs> yeah exactly exactly.
1: Um, and but, but I think I totally agree like reproducibility really is like a process and I there was recently like a Twitter blow up about Excel oh right it was the genetic that someone did an analysis where they found that when people had gene lists in the supplement of papers right it was like really frequent like one in five or something maybe it was much more than i can't remember now but it was some large number of them had converted one of the gene names to a date right
0: um, because there's some default in excel yeah exactly yeah
1: and um and I do, I mean, it was easy just to kind of jump on the bash bandwagon and be like, ah, <laughs> oh, Excel. But, you know, people pointed out, I appreciated people pointing out that, um, you know, it's like, can we frame this story as, like, people didn't check, like, people didn't unit test or they didn't, you know, validate their data one way or another. Um, and I thought that was a really good point of focusing on, like, we like to bash Excel because it, it like it doesn't encourage good process it actually encourages bad process right but it's really the process that we should be focused on not the tool
0: yeah and i think um, one of the, i mean i think well, i mean i think that specific example in terms of like converting to a date Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think that one is a little easier to blame on Excel <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. than
0: on some larger process just because like that's just, if it's a default in Excel and like no other program, most of the like, statistical packages, you know, wouldn't do that. Yeah. Um, well, but, but they well, do like auto course uh, guess...
1: column types, right? Like.
0: You're right. You're right. Yeah. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they do it in a way that is more in line with what you would expect.
0: Yeah. Okay. Never mind then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I I do think there's a there is a distinction, between at least that I've seen in academia between people who who kind of appreciate data analysis and people who kind of don't. And and what I mean yeah. by that, I think the people who don't appreciate it see data analysis as a product. Yep. And the people who do see it as a process.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, that's and a I think, really good idea. Yeah. Because it's
0: like often it's like for the people who don't appreciate those, they'll, they'll be like here's the question, here's the data, give me the answer, you know? Yeah. And it's like kind of like, you know, I'm going to give you the, here's the raw material and like make me this product at the end. And, and mm-hmm. I don't care how it, you do it, just as mm-hmm. long as it comes back and like I can use it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I that kind of lack, I feel like there's a lesson to be taught there to a lot of people, which is that like, you know, if you want data analysis to be something that's like important to your work, like you have to be engaged in the process. hmm and totally. in some way, not in that, not in like the nitty gritty detail necessarily, but in some way in, in terms of like monitoring it and checking things and like, you know, unit testing, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is, I don't think that's taught.
1: Like No. Well, yeah. And I think even within, I mean, you know, talking about like data science communities, I think that's even, I think even within data science departments, I've seen that where like some people are more focused on product than process for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it is it's hard to teach we've probably done it like we statisticians have probably done a bad job of it <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah no, i i definitely um i i'll take that blame
1: yeah i, I mean when i think about grad school i i don't i well you taught git at least <laughs> <laughs> all right think,
0: well i'm safe now yeah yeah <laughs>
1: I just found my like planner from my first year. I was thinking i like I have your finals like written in pencil in oh, my wow. like paper, paper planner <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway, that's an aside but um but yeah, I don't think i taught- I don't think I learned a lot of process I think I've learned more process after leaving, frankly, um which is because there was that like going alone. I'm sure current grad students like probably feel different i mean one thing that gets lost in this conversation often is that the you know the tool makers like only until recently has everyone sort of been on the page same page about that where it's like yes. oh let's like celebrate the process and have conferences about the process and you know think about the process way more you know like that wasn't present i mean i feel like you would know more than me <laughs> back in the old days roger how was oh. it
0: The the old days, that's like, that's where I eat, right?
1: (laughs) Well, like, I don't know, the original, like, R, I feel like you were one of these, like, super early adopters of R.
0: Well, I I think, I mean, if I understand where you're going with this, it it did take a while, I think, for the tools, at least in the R world, to get to the point where they were kind of good enough, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and so as a result, I think there was a lot of time spent talking about tools because right, we didn't have them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I do feel like now, like the tools are reasonably good in terms of allowing you to do good like, kind of good things. But, but now maybe we need to talk more about like, you know, what the process should be and, yeah. and, how, and how to interact with other people and things like that.
1: No, I totally agree. Yeah, I've been Um, working on a project about that, actually. Just, like, (laughs) yeah, thinking thinking through, like, what, you know, the various opinions should be for doing analysis right. Um, Yeah. and, And, like, and that's where I think the reproducibility conversation is where that's happening, but I hate that reproducibility is this blanket term for it because I think it's too, like, reductive and not, it's not, like, clear enough. That there's tons of things that go into reproducibility, including like these team dynamics that you're talking about.
0: Yeah, and I mean, in a way, re, the reproducibility—the word reproducibility—it kind of focuses on the endpoint, right? I mean, yep. Uh, and it doesn't—it does—it it still kind of hides the fact that there's all this stuff that kind of leads up to it.
1: hmm um, Yeah. And yeah, and like people will talk about version control as reproducibility, but that's sort of like, to me, that's like a slightly different concept because. It doesn't, like, reproducible to me means if you, like, run the code, you get the answer that you got before. You know what I mean? And so, like, the version control is good for, like, oh, if you changed it and people want to know what changes you made, then you go back. And, you know, it is, like, more of that nitty-gritty process um, of, like, needing to show people the code that changed that resulted in a different figure in the paper, you know, at some meeting or something. And so that's... Yeah, that's like, no, I mean, it's sort of in the realm of reproducibility, but it's also its own concept, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, I've been, I like, so one of the things I was excited about is talking about this topic, because I wanted to ask you (laughs) if you felt like there was, I don't know if I'm missing some sort of formal definition of reproducibility, but (laughs) that's my impression of it, is that it's just this catch all phrase for like, good process. And so even trying to, like, formally define it, like, I was trying to figure out what the formal definition was, and I don't even know if there really is one.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny that you say that because I don't think, like, I haven't seen in print, um, you know, this idea that reproducibility is kind of a catch-all for a, like a like a large complex process. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think people talk about it in that way, mm-hmm. but often when I say when I see in print, you know, here's a definition of reproducibility. That it's at, in the form of you know you run the code, you get the same answer. Yeah. Um, and um, and so it's funny that that people it, there's kind of like a, a bifurcation there. I guess I don't know what you can call that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's in terms of how people talk because I, I think people like to. Assigned to the word reproducibility, like whatever their pet peeve is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, or whatever their axe that, that they need to grind is, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, they, and, they, and, and so they, and, and on the one hand, you have like the definition of like, or like the problem, which might be that something is not reproducible. And then people attribute just their pet peeve to that. Mm-hmm. problem you know yeah and so it ends up being a very mixed discussion in terms of what is you know re- what is reproducibility or what causes lack of reproducibility
1: yeah um, no exactly and i think it does like the not like the pet peeve problem like goes to the point of it's just like bad process <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, like someone yeah. who doesn't care about like developing an analysis they will do something bad and then that gets like i i guess i've like, I've, I don't know if I've seen it written a ton, with, but I feel like when I've seen discussions online, for example, reproducibility will include, like, basically any version of bad process.
0: Right. You know, yeah. whether, yeah, whether yeah. it be, like, misinterpreting p-values or, you know, whatever it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah.
0: Um, um, well, so it's a couple, I mean, so one of the things, so I'm actually teaching the course that you took with me many, many years ago now. Mm -hmm. uh i've kind of you wouldn't recognize it now actually i think oh really um one of the things i've done uh, um in addition to like you know you know, changing everything over to like tidyverse, um Mm -hmm. is uh you know i used to talk about reproducible research kind of like somewhere in the middle is just like oh here's another topic or whatever Mm -hmm. um and now i talk about it like in the very beginning right it's like it's like the one of the main themes of the course i guess Mm -hmm. um and um just because i feel like if you otherwise it's like if you don't emphasize it at the beginning then it's like it doesn't get any emphasis really yeah <laughs> you know? yeah and um but the other thing is like you know i so I, when i walked away from this workshop at in seattle i felt like I, di- I had taught the i had taught the reproducible research workshop of 5 years ago or something like that you know mm-hmm. and um and i'm kind of wondering like if i were to do it again like how would it, how could i restructure it how what would i don't know what are the things that i would do um what are the key things that yeah you know, you'd want to teach i almost feel like and I don't mean to put you on the spot like this, but <laughs> 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 but I almost feel like you, you essentially have to kind of go through the data analysis process mm-hmm. and and kind of highlight, I don't, I don't know, highlight like where things might go wrong and how yeah. things might go no, wrong. Yeah, no, exactly.
1: That's like kind of the crux of this thing I'm working on is like the, I don't, I I was intrigued when you said that Keith goes through horror stories because I was like, yeah, I mean, I guess there's really no... Like when I think about my why I became like really into reproducibility, it was like it was partially enjoying efficiency and like partially like getting burned a few times. <laughs> I yeah. feel like that's everyone who's like an early adopter <laughs> of <laughs> yeah. reproducibility like there's
0: there's a story there,
1: yeah, like I had yeah, I had one paper I don't know right before the end, <laughs> it was like right before I was like trying to get my thesis wrapped up and I did something where I like permuted labels and all the results went away and it was like horrifying. (laughs) It was (laughs) was really scary. But anyway, it, um, I mean, fortunately I had a reproducible workflow for the most part and I could like rerun it and figure out, like it happened in an interactive session. Um, and so I, I figured out what was going on eventually. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So well, I'm really sh- glad I had the infrastructure down to like do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. um, no, actually. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I feel like this happened a few times, but, um, but yeah, like, I don't know if there's a way I, I don't, it's weird to, I think that's the thing. The process is motivated by trying to minimize like the amount of like errors that people make. Right. Yes, and so it can't not be kind of counterexample driven. <laughs>
0: wait, wait, say that again. <laughs> there are so like, a couple of negatives in that. <laughs> yeah,
1: that was, I don't even know if I said it right, but like it. I think it has to be driven by examples of things going wrong. Yeah, because the whole point of it is to prevent things from going wrong.
0: Yeah, and so you want people to kind of recognize it. When it happens.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, like, to when they run into a problem, you want people to recognize, like, there is an elegant solution to this problem. You don't have to just figure out something on your own. Like, there is... People have thought about this, and there's the best solution. There's, like, a global max (laughs) for, (laughs) for this solution. You know, like, you might find a local max, but just go, like... Go borrow from the literature and find the global max, you see what I mean yeah,
2: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and so I think that's i mean it'd be interesting i I don't think I think teaching it with like the the like things gone wrong is a good idea, but like abstracting the principles is also a good idea
0: yeah, and I think um I don't think we did I feel like we didn't do much of that mm-hmm. um and and I think we didn't really. And I think as a result, you know, we, we taught, we kind of told the stories and then taught the tools, but we didn't really, we didn't necessarily connect the two very strongly, you know? Mm
1: -hmm. Well, Um, what was it, uh, Yihue, hopefully I'm saying his name right. Yeah. The the guy who created Knitter, he, in some presentation this summer, I think it was at JSM, he was like, oh, maybe you should assign homework. And then the day before it's due, say that you have updated data. (laughs)
0: Oh. <laughs> that, that wouldn't work for me because like no one who works on the assignment until the day before anyways so. <laughs>
1: that's a good point <laughs> all right yeah you'd have to like do something where you <laughs> have some sort of preliminary deadline yeah and then you have to like redo i mean it could be a second assignment right you could have like the first homework assignment be so no, i like, know yeah and the second be like okay repeat this analysis with like yeah. new data no but i actually thought it's funny because people were like oh that's evil but I, I think that's like, a really good idea to kind of simulate problems happening. Yeah. And yeah, then, so, like, I think
0: yeah. S- yeah, just the general idea of simulating problems that occur mm-hmm. is kind of – I think it could be a good one, right? And I think
2: mm-hmm.
0: – um, but, well, I guess maybe the general idea of simulating in general – like, simulating the process of analyzing data. Yeah. Or, like, putting people in a simulation mm-hmm. uh, is pr- is arguably the way to do it, right? Rather than just kind of teaching them a bunch of tools. Mm-hmm. Um uh, but I think I think ultimately it is hard to set that up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, like updating the data set that I can kind of concept I can visualize that. But introducing other like simulating other kinds of problems. I don't know, it could be <laughs>
1: just do a group project, man. <laughs> yeah, then it'll just happen, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, in terms of the communication thing, you know, having a group project would be really valuable for that. Although I don't know, I guess group projects always feel like It's not clear the lessons are always learned versus one student taking over.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Group projects have kind of their own issues. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. But it's like in terms of being like, oh, you're all collaborating on this one doc and you have to figure out how to do issue tracking and, you know, um, or like see what fails when you don't. Like, I, I definitely am most adamant about the GitHub flow issue tracking Mm -hmm. thing from working on a group project previously where it was like chaos yeah, committing to master chaos (laughs) 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 and like people having their own like cache data sets and it was like kind of a disaster so
0: but also I feel like one of the things you'd have to simulate is you know if there's is the idea of of someone kind of being in charge uh, and directing the group in some way and I think I don't know the analogy that I think of is like if you had like I mean, the problems that can occur is, like, you know, if you have, like, a product that you're trying to build, and the person managing the product is super vague about, like, what the specifications are,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and, then, and then it's, like, and then you don't really know what you're building, and then yeah. it just kind of <laughs> devolves from there, right? And I think the same thing can happen in data analysis, like, if you have, like, a person who's in, who's kind of responsible, ultimately, maybe the PI or whatever, but they have just some vague notion of what it is they're trying to answer, Yeah. and then you're just analyzing data just because, right? Yeah, yeah. And, that usually leads to a bad situation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's when you just want to say <laughs> that's when running interference, quote unquote, is really critical. I do wish, man, I mean, you're right. I don't even know. This is one of those things I say, and it doesn't, I don't have actual action items, but I wish that they taught <laughs> better. You know what I mean? Like, I wish they, I wish that statisticians taught kind of the interpersonal skills needed to like negotiate the amount of work you do. You know, like, going up to someone and being like, hey, like, I hear that you want, (laughs) I hear you want an answer and that you think this method will create the answer. Like, I want to help you get the answer. I don't know if that method's like, not necessarily the way I'll approach it. (laughs) Like, you see what I mean? Like Yeah, no,
0: I see exactly. Yeah. Like, we don't, it's, I mean, it's it's funny because I feel like in, in, if you're doing grad school in statistics or biostatistics or something like that. You know, most of the discussions that you have are with your advisor, who's also a statistician, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And you don't get too many opportunities to have those conversations, the the Mm -hmm. ones that you just described. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I definitely
1: learned most. Well, I did some consulting in grad school. It was one of the TA options.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think you do a little, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I learned it from there a little bit and then definitely on the job a lot. Yeah. Um,
0: um, so it's, I don't know. So I, I, I feel like anyway, the bottom, I guess the bottom line from this is that, uh, I don't, I don't really know what to teach the next year I have to do this workshop.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, that is a tough, like it's, it's, it's a kind of frustrating amount of time because it's not enough to like really get deep into tooling, but it's also, how long is it? Three days? You it's said? like
0: two and a half days actually. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, I think choosing tools and saying, like, this is one set of tools that solve this problem, like, others might also, but we're going to teach these, is a good idea.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there's, if you're going to be, like, a data analyst, there's a certain set of tools that you kind of have to know, mm-hmm. um, but, um, so I think there's a minimum bar there for sure, but I think there's a, there's a higher, there's some higher level stuff that I think uh, probably be useful to teach that I've never kind of thought about teaching before,
1: so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been so long since I taught that it's hard. I mean, I feel like my version of teaching is like, I will define this publicly and that's it. We'll <laughs> <laughs> talk about it on Twitter and maybe some people will like <laughs> pick that up <laughs> and think it was a good idea. You know what I mean? It's. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, the other thing that's also um, a bit of a crutch is that, you know, like if you're going to say, I going to teach this workshop and and, and what are and you, and you know what are the things that I want people to walk away with, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's easy to say I want them to walk away like knowing how to use this tool, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or knowing or, or kind of being able to define these certain concepts. Um, but you I don't know, it's hard to say, it's harder to say I want them to walk away you know knowing how to prevent this problem from occurring or I, you know mm-hmm. <laughs> or yeah. this data analysis problem from occurring well
1: I, I what know. if you it's like you want them to walk away I guess what I would want them to walk away is knowing that there is a solution to this problem like there's a conceptual solution and there are practical tools that implement that conceptual solution yeah so if they run into the problem they're not like flummoxed by it yeah yeah
0: yeah I guess that's,
1: yeah. (laughs) I mean, that would be, like, honestly, because that's, that's like, half the problem. I feel like that's the half the battle. If you're talking to someone who's got a really efficient, like, Excel sheet screen grabbing workflow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's, like, convincing them that there's something better. Like, there is a better solution to that problem like because ver- they'll they'll immediately be like hey it's like my workflow i get things done this way it's like yeah like that's true <laughs> like you've locally maximized that's definitely true yeah um, <laughs> but yeah, like, conv- i don't know that's but that's again that's like assuming that someone cares about process which they might not and it's assuming that um it would be like relatively cheap like I, uh, you know like Maybe it wouldn't be worth it for their specific use case to, like, implement these new things. But at least they should know that they're, like, not developing more efficient tooling. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I mean, and, I mean ultimately, there's kind of a rank ordering of processes, right, in terms of some are better than others. I mean, mm-hmm. I, ultimately, I think it, we have to kind of allow for that, right? It's not like yeah. everyone gets to do their own thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, like more, opi- we need to be more opinionated. <laughs> that's, my, that's my thing. I think, I feel like that's a general trend. Like the opinionated software is a, a thing.
0: Well, I'm sure this, the screenshot Excel spreadsheet analyst has super strong opinions, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think, I really think their only opinion is probably like, well, I didn't know what else to do to solve this. And now yes, I'm really yeah. good at it. And, like, yes. kind of probably angry, like, hey, I don't have time to learn all this stuff. Like, I got to get this job done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, like, saying, like, oh, I don't know. I mean, that's, like, I feel that way about management where it's you really have to, you have to, like, really reward skill development. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's it's constant training. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, at least for uh, from the manager's point of view. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I found, at least.
1: Yeah. You feel like um, you're constantly training people.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and I think, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's kind of, I mean, I don't know, if you're a manager, a type of person, uh, you know, managing people who do data analysis, um, it's kind of important to realize that. I think mm-hmm. um, there's like there's always there's kind of always training going on. Everything is training, basically.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So.
0: Anyway, sorry. That's my just my personal.
1: <laughs> no, I think it's good. I, I think that's like a sign of a good manager. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's easy for you to say. You don't have to work with me, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'll talk to some of your
1: former student. No, I won't do that. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um,
0: all right. Well, I just the last uh, kind of topic I just want to hit on was um, so that I just kind of, in a couple of different venues. Um, and I won't be specific as to which ones they are, but um, I've come across this kind of notion of, of kind of professionalizing data science. Mm-hmm. A number of years ago in, in, the, in statistics, there was this kind of crisis uh, because um, there were a lot of, you know, the definition of like, who's a statistician, it was kind of vague. Uh, and there were a lot of people who kind of called themselves statisticians, uh, but were never actually trained. In statistics, and uh, but but as a result result of their job or whatever, um, they were doing statistics. They were doing you know, data analysis and statistics, and uh, mm-hmm. um, and so there was this kind of like it was a huge discussion in the ASA, and it, and it led to essentially um, this this professional. I don't know if you you may not even be aware of it. There's, there's like a professional certification in statistics. Oh really? Um, yeah, from the like ASA. A, from the ASA, yeah, it's called the PSTAT.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, it's like, you know, CPA or, you know, what, any of these certifications.
1: Oh, interesting. Right? Yeah. yeah. So you can be like a certified statistician.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's called professional statistician. Yeah. All um, right. and I think it was largely designed for people who like don't have a PhD in statistics. Right. And so how do you show that you're like a real, quote unquote real statistician? Well, mm-hmm. you can have this like, um, you know, this certification basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it's super popular, but I do, ha- I have seen a number of people with it. Oh, really? Um, yeah. And um, a lot of them were working in government or kind of government-related
1: activities. Yeah, that makes sense because it's probably something that's, like, very tied to either salary or getting hired in the government. I can imagine that.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think there's a lot of people in government who uh, do this kind of work, but they kind of, like evolved into that work rather than kind of like we're hired as a statistician so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um anyway so but like i mean the,
1: obviously the same with data science <laughs> well yeah so the question yeah. is whether
0: data science needs a similar kind of thing or if it's too early or you know ne- we should never do it yeah um and um and i think there are there's a movement to to kind of develop degree programs to develop uh, like official certification programs like cpa or you know whatever mm-hmm. like kind of li- essentially licensure type programs mm-hmm. um or, or like you know, analogy might be like you know these you have these like micro like Cisco certified engineer type certifications, you know.
2: Oh
1: right.
0: Um, and whether data science needs any of that, whether it's a you know, or I don't know, like if it's going in that direction. I
1: I mean, <laughs> so, uh, seems like no. <laughs>
0: the answer to all those questions is no, right?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, no. It's uh, I mean, in terms of is it going in that direction? Tech is so kind of anti-credentialing. I feel like it's. I don't know. There's I you see a lot of kind of like um I mean the <laughs> the the dream of the meritocracy is alive and well in tech, right? <laughs> and so like this idea that like credentialing would make a difference is I think I think a lot of people in tech would find that really like abhorrent.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not
1: saying that's necessarily right, uh, <laughs> but it's definitely I think it would be I think it would be, like, kind of a cultural clash.
0: Yeah. Does that make sense? So I think the the issue is, I think something, you know, the same issue that was present with statistics is that when a field gets kind of bigger and more popular, Mm -hmm. you know, more and more people want to do it. Yeah. But then you start getting a lot more heterogeneity in the people who kind of come into the field and kind of label themselves as, as data scientists, right? Mm-hmm. And, and but maybe nobody cares about that. Because maybe maybe it doesn't matter because ultimately it comes down to, like, what can you do, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Although, but then, like, what if the thing you need to do is analyze data? I think I'm <laughs> well,
0: i Well, ultimately, people will find out whether you can do it or not, right? I mean, that's what it comes down to. Yeah,
1: right? although it's just, like, right now there's just these, like, horrible interviews that don't... But like, are more like hazing than anything else. But right, don't
0: actually like ascertain any real information.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, or like, we'll we'll ascertain a lot of information about some sort of like esoteric statistical concept. Right. <laughs> so not yeah. that, not really that much about like the day to day. Well, um, okay. So
0: so that's an interesting question. So like right now, the peop- the companies or whoever's doing the hiring is they it's their job to figure out whether you know what you're doing right Mm
2: -hmm. yeah yeah
0: and uh and whether they have some terrible interview process or whatever it is it's it's nevertheless their job right yeah and um and they kind of take that on i think willingly yeah um because they don't but the question is whether they there's a need or anyone to ever trust like another organization yeah claiming that yes hillary knows what she's doing so you can know yeah
1: like you can trust her yeah and i think implicitly that happens like i don't think me having a PhD in statistics like hurt any of my <laughs> interviews. Right, right. right yeah. yeah. And so it's, but it's, yeah, that's a, that's a really, I think you've, you've touched on a like, like, um. I don't, I don't want to say fault line, but like a definite, a definite a place of interest within tech. Cause okay. like, cause <laughs> I don't know, like te- like people are okay outsourcing HR or like, you know, like this idea of outsourcing things uh, is, is, I don't know. I feel like there's some companies that are real biased towards like baking everything in-house, quote unquote, but yeah. I think increasingly people are happy. Like there's so many startups that are like you know, the HR solution for your company or like you know, people people who will like you can pay to do any aspect of like payroll or whatever. Right. Um and so this idea of like outsourcing the hiring, I don't know, like I, you know, yeah, I, I don't think I have that many, like, well-formed thoughts, but...
0: No, I I think that's indicative of the fact that it's kind of early to talk about this, maybe. Yeah, think,
1: yeah. yeah. But be, I don't know. I also, I feel like people aren't... I feel like companies, there's all these thought pieces about how hiring is bad. No one ever poses solutions because the implicit in that is, like, no one wants to give up that control, you know? Yeah. And so I think... And, like, being able... But then it's just the cause of, like, a ton of problems. Like, yeah. like, it's, like, you know, probably pretty correlated with, like, you know, gender and race and all these things that are right. underrepresented in tech. And so it's... Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm glad we could solve that problem I... in the seven <laughs> minutes that we had the discussion.
1: Yeah, totally uh, solved. It's yeah. just, like, a throwing the hands in the air. <laughs> It's um, like I mean, it's also hard because, like, companies... I feel like the certification works in bigger companies. I don't know. There's, like, this this idea... Like, a lot of... There's... In addition to people having thought pieces about, like, hiring is terrible, and the question you asked are, like, basically no signal. There's also a lot of thought pieces that are, like, your team is everything. Like, you can't... Like, if you hire a bad team, that's the death of your startup, like...
0: Right, yeah, I've seen a lot of those, Yeah, yeah
1: and so... I don't know i mean i don't even know how many startups well i i don't know it'd be it'd be good to get a survey of like people with the job title data scientists like are they mostly in tech or are they in other fields like what's going on here um that's a good
0: question yeah there must be some data on that but i don't you probably have to pay for it or something (laughs) Yeah.
1: yeah harlan harris did a survey on this um a while back so Okay. I should. Look, I'll, I'll look that. I will. I will provide a link. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. So. Anyway. Okay. So.
0: <laughs> do do, do you have free advertise?
1: Oh yeah, I do. Ah, I,
0: see. Okay. I
1: know. We've, we. I warned this you this time around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I was gonna free advertise. Um, I'm. <laughs> This is my very San Francisco free advertising where I'm taking a meditation class that I've oh. really enjoyed. <laughs> oh. And so it's this program called Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction. Um, okay. And it's, it's like a whole thing. There's a Wikipedia. Uh, we can provide the link. But there's a book. There's like this guy, John Kabat-Zinn, who's uh, kind of pioneered it. But it is very like evidence-based or like empirical uh, kind of methodology. Uh, uh-huh. And so it's It's cool, though, it's been great, and I feel very San Francisco for taking this class like right after I got here. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: that's really kind of the only outcome you worry about, right?
1: what wait, what?
0: That's the only outcome that you care about is that you feel San Francisco. Yeah, like
1: exactly. Yeah. I, I was like moved here and I was like, I wanna, you know like fit in with the locals. What do I do?
0: Okay
1: <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it's been it's been really good though for just like moving related stress and stuff. it's i'm I'm a fan, so.
0: Yeah, so you feel like it's working.
1: Yeah, so New York Times just had a thing on meditation too, so I uh, I would recommend either of either of those. So
0: okay, cool, cool. And Um, so what's yours? My thing is, I guess I have a space related theme. I I think I've only done one other space thing, have I?
1: Oh, really? I feel like you've done more than one. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's probably true. Yeah. Enough to seem like a trend. (laughs)
0: Um, my thing is Osiris Rex which is a nasa mission that is in my opinion crazy it's um so they they just launched on september 8th mm-hmm. and it's a they're sending a spaceship to not a spaceship like a satellite kind of thing um to an asteroid oh that's going to be passing by earth and it's going to go to this asteroid and it's going to kind of like orbit really closely to it and it's going to like take a sample from the asteroid. Like a rock sample, yeah, and then it's gonna come back to Earth and like bring it back to Earth.
1: Oh, that's smart. Yeah. <laughs> but like that's
0: it's, I don't know. It seems kind of crazy to me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what well, seems crazy to you? I don't
0: know. It just seems like you're going out to this distant asteroid and then coming back. Like I don't I don't know. Like the last time we did that, we, like we went to the moon, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but oh, you just think it won't work.
0: Well, well, I mean, there's always a chance that it won't work. I just think it's kind of, I don't know, it's just—it's it's awesome. It's kind of cool.
1: Yeah, I think it's yeah. super cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, How close is it going to come to the Earth?
0: Uh, Not that close, if I recall. Well, I, so the interesting thing about this particular asteroid is that they believe that it's possible that it could crash into Earth, uh, like, many, oh. many years from now. Cool. So if it were going to crash into Earth, there's some talk of, like, doing, like, an Armageddon-style kind of, like, asteroid trajectory change, you know? like
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, anyway. So
1: that's why we're collecting the sample now. That's like one the of the reasons end. why. yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't get it. Do asteroids orbit something?
0: Yeah, they orbit the, the sun. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. So, um, well, if they're in this, I think if they're in this, you know, solar system, so. Yeah. Um, they
1: don't just, like, cruise from solar system to solar system.
0: <laughs> I don't think that's how things in space work.
1: <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I really don't know anything about space. A long discussion with someone recently about how it's like I actually find space like moderately terrifying
0: <laughs> you mean like just the notion of outer yeah. space yes. yeah Okay. Yeah. Well,
1: and there's other people in this camp <laughs> okay <laughs> it's like it's like the vast you know it's like I think some people like the um, is it Carl Sagan who has the whole yeah. like the blue dot and like you're so yeah. inconsequential and that should feel comforting that's not the effect that that has on me <laughs>
0: The vast nothingness of out there.
1: Yeah, instead it's just like, oh, geez, like panic. The vast nothingness. All
0: yeah. right. Well, maybe I won't. Um, I'll bring this up ever again. <laughs> <laughs> but but the last thing I, sorry, the last thing I wanted to say about it is that it's going to be a seven year mission. Um, oh. Which is not like actually, it's like on the kind of average side in terms of these kinds of missions, I think. But but can you imagine like like sending something out and then it's like seven years? Yeah. Like, you get yeah. nothing for seven years.
1: Yeah. No. That's. That'd like I rough. can't,
0: I can't do that kind of science.
1: <laughs> you can't <laughs> even do like experiment science. Like you just need the data to show up and get. The yeah, like more. I like I need
0: if it's not on my computer tomorrow, then, like <laughs> I don't know what.
1: Right? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean I feel like astronaut. I feel like people who work in space things are just like. They are so unlike me in every dimension. <laughs> like, like, their impatience and their ability yeah. to, like, feel, like, inconsequential, uh, you know, matters of carbon or whatever. Like, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're in,
0: like, the super long game. You yeah, know?
1: exactly. They're very comfortable with the super long game, and I appreciate yeah. that and respect it.
0: Yes. I, I think I'm with you. Like, I could never actually do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even just astronauts, like I mean, it's such a—it's a very risky job. Like I—I I don't know. I just—I the idea of being in space is not enough benefit for like the very real probability of like horrible death. That sounds so yes. terrible. <laughs>
0: no, but no, it's a dangerous. I mean, it's a, the whole business is dangerous. Right? Yeah. It's extremely dangerous. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. no, you're not. I don't think you're being irrational.
1: kudos yeah, to people. <laughs> Wow. Yeah.
0: Um, all right. Well, anyway, that's my thing. and I'll yeah. never bring up space again.
1: <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's go. I'm going to go meditate after this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Well, um, I guess that's our episode for this time. Uh, any final words?
1: Nope. Nope. Oh. Thanks for listening.
0: All right. We'll see you next time.